Hello and welcome to Lit with Meredith. I am your host, Meredith, and today I am joined by sophomore Graydon, who's here to talk about the John Steinbeck book, Travels with Charlie. Welcome, Graydon. Thank you. Uh, so, Graydon, what made you choose this book? Uh, my dad read it and he said it was one of his favorite books. Okay. So I told him about this assignment and he, was like, he suggested this book for me and I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Do you think it was a good recommendation? Yes, I do. You enjoyed the book? Yes, I did. Awesome. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what this book is about? Uh, so it's about John Steinbeck. It's a nonfiction. It's about John Steinbeck and how he became an author and how he felt like he lost touch kind of with America. So mm -hmm. he takes his dog, Charlie, and he drives across the country and experiences different ways of American life and just accustoms himself back to the culture. This must have been a very interesting book to read while socially distancing. Yeah. Uh, here's a guy who's driving. Uh, I think he starts in New York. Yeah. Um, and he goes like all the way, like a, literally around the country. Yeah. Um, did you kind of feel like you were traveling with him? Yeah, I did. And I felt like some places where I hadn't gone yet, they were mm -hmm. really interesting and they make me want to go there. Any places in particular that you, you want to check out? Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Texas. Okay. Texas and, um, Montana. Oh, I don't Louisiana hear about Montana also. very often. Yeah. Oh, Louisiana. Okay. Um, it, despite this being a nonfiction, this is kind of like a travel memoir. Um, do you think that there were, what do you think were some of the major themes in the text? Uh, I would say just being like modest, like when he would talk to people along the roads, like, and mm -hmm. new people, he really just tried to get to know them and he wasn't all flashy about how successful he was. He really cared about someone and everything about them and learned their stories and told them this. Um, interesting. So what, in terms of the writing, um, like I know Steinbeck as a novelist. So um, how did you enjoy the writing, the style of it? I mean, it was, it was good. It was like, it was a little advanced. Like at times it was, I, I would have to reread like the sentence or like a paragraph just to make sure I fully understood it. I mean, mm. he's good at writing, obviously. <laughs> he is. Um, do you, did you have any concerns about the, f the reliability of his narration? Um, because he's a novelist, they often take some liberties with the truth. Did you ever think he was, um, doing that um i don't really understand right okay so how much of it do you think is actually true and how much are is parts do you think he made up i would say like probably a good 80 percent of it's true but then you need to add like parts so it sells so it's like becomes more interesting but were there particular good, moments in the book a good portion of it is true yeah, were there portions of the book that you were like, this didn't happen? 
Well, there wasn't like portions of where I thought it didn't happen, but there's a portion of the book where I was, I was like, this it seems like too awful to be true with in Louisiana with him witnessing like the opening of the school and people yelling at that little African-American girl and just like mm. all that happened. I, it was like hard to believe that it was true just because of how insensitive it it seems, but he might have over-exaggerated it. Mm. Was that a scene that you found uh, particularly pivotal, or were there other scenes that, like, in reflecting back on the book, you're like, oh, that was kind of like a turning point in the book, or really significant to... I'd say uh, that, and when he was yeah. hunting in, I forget which state, but with coyotes, mm-hmm. The coyotes. Okay. And he said, um, like, there's no need to shoot them right now. Like, he gets that they're, like, dangerous creatures, but there's no need to shoot them. And he, he cited back to some ancient thing where it's like, there's no need to take mm-hmm. life if you mm. don't need to. And so he's, like, made up in his mind not to shoot them and that their lives are indebted to him. Yeah, it's interesting to think about, like, the interconnectedness um, of not only people, but, like, people and animals when you're on a cross-country road trip. Yeah. Um, were there any, like, quotes or lines that particularly stood out to you? Yeah, I have. Uh, Zach, I have my book. I bookmarked the page. That's good. That's a good thing to do. Uh, Zach, I uh... All right, I think this is it. Okay, go for it. Um, if I found, all right, for all the for all of our interwoven breeds drawn from every part of the ethnic world, we are a nation, a new breed. Americans are much more American than they are Northerners, Southerners, Westerners, and Easterners. And descendants of mm. English, Irish, Italian, Jewish, German, Polish are essentially American. This is not patriotic whoop-de-doo. It is carefully observed fact. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was just really interesting with considering like with the political turmoil right now going on in the country. That yeah. to remind all of us that like we're all American. Now we all want what's best for the country. Just some people have different ways of achieving that and wanting to see it done. It's a partic- I was just thinking that it was a particularly interesting quote given the political climate, but also some of the things we've been talking about in class this semester in regards to identity. And Steinbeck's kind of talking about, like, despite the fact that you might be, you know, Irish or German or Spanish, if you're in the United States, it makes you an American, yeah. um, which is somewhat contradictory to some to how some people yeah. feel. But it is uh, very similar to a lot of the things that we've read with the thing around your neck um, in talking about how you're trying to find that balance between maintaining your identity while kind of taking on a new identity as well. Yeah. Does Steinbeck talk a lot about um, like identity and self 
in the book? Yeah, it uh, talks about like the people he meets, like about what their identity is and like what their makeup is and like how different parts being from different parts of the country are, mm-hmm. they make up different parts of your identity. Like to relate it to me, like I'm from Virginia. So like, yeah. my identity would be different than someone from California or New York. And when people ask you, like, where are you from? What's generally your first instinct? Well, if it's if it's not in the country, like if I'm traveling mm-hmm. internationally, I say I'm from Washington D.C. Just because okay. it's easier for people to like that's a big city. And then if I'm in the country, I'll say that I'm from Virginia. And if it's from like in D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, I'll say Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. So it largely depends on like the context of the question and the location, yeah. but your identity is very um, kind of regional. Yes. Um, it's, it's not terribly often that we'll say, oh, I'm from the United States, except maybe when we're traveling internationally. Yeah. And even then, um, so many people are familiar with American cities that you can be like, oh, well, I'm from Boston. And they kind of recognize where that is yeah and like when you're traveling internationally it was like cool like if you see an american you ask where they're from it's always like cool when they're from the same area as you yeah um was there anything that surprised you while you were reading this book um not really just like probably again relating back to the new orleans thing like that was probably the biggest surprise of any because like growing up in a time like this, like it's, it was completely different. Like there's not, there hasn't been that. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not hard to, it's like kind of hard to empathize with it just because you haven't seen it firsthand. So yeah. it's kind of crazy to think that something like that could go on in America just 50 years ago, 50, 60 years ago. It's also interesting that the, like, that's not the main focus of this text. It's just one of many interactions that Steinbeck has. Yeah. Um, were there any moments where you disagreed with, I, I mean, Steinbeck's the main character, but like, were there any moments where you disagreed with choices that he made? Um, not really, no. Okay. Um, so you went into it, having the recommendation from your dad, did you, did he tell you anything about what the book was about before you started? He said that one of his favorite passages was in this Mm -hmm. book and I forgot where it is, but he said that one of his favorite passages was in the book and that he thought I would like the book. He showed me the passage and I read it and I thought it was interesting and like, I'd want to continue reading it. Do you and your dad often like the same kinds of books yeah we're big history guys and like the u.s the previous u.s wars and yeah history that happened in the u.s um what was so besides like wanting to now take your own road trip did you have any major takeaways um when reading the book obviously you touched on like uh race relations in new orleans Uh, just um, like being memorable yeah i would say different parts of the country contributing different things to like mm. the American identity. You know, yeah. like without each state, like each state 
in each place he visited is unique in its own way and contributes in their own way to America. So each state is important and each region is is as important as the other. I think this would be an interesting book to kind of contrast with the thing around your neck in terms of like immigration and identity. And you have a lot of people coming in who want to be perceived as American, um, but you also want to maintain your individual uh, origins. Um, And here Steinbeck is talking to people who very strongly identify as Americans, but have somewhat maintained um, individuality. Uh, Graydon, if you were going to recommend this book to someone, who might you recommend it to and why? Mm-hmm. Probably recommend it to like students, probably, I'd say an English class. Okay. Because there's a lot of things, and I also read his Of Mice and Men book. So yeah. there's a lot of like things that the class could talk about and compare with each other. Do you think those two texts would go well together? Uh, yeah, but I would say you would need to read I read of Mice and Men first, so I'd probably want to read of Mice and Men again first like to get accustomed to what he's like and then about what he does. Yeah. He does have a very um, interesting style that you kind of have to adapt to. Um, so on to you, Graydon, do you have a favorite book of all time? I like the Harry Potter series. Okay. What's your favorite one in the series? Chamber of Secrets. Interesting. Yeah. Now we've been talking about Harry Potter a lot on the podcast and I did just film an episode where a student read Harry Potter for the first time. So if you want to listen to that, he read, um, the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, and I've, I've had people say the fourth book is their favorite, which I agree with. Um, I had someone the other day say uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is their favorite, but I haven't had anyone say Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, it's my favorite. Um, do you, uh, how would you describe your relationship with reading in three words? Reluctant. Um, interesting. And hmm, like fun, just like yeah. At first, like I'll be reluctant, but then I'll keep reading mm-hmm. about it, and then I'll like turn into fun and I'll enjoy it, like reading that book. I mean, you have plenty of time right now to do some reading. Yeah, that's true. Now's your opportunity to read all those books that are on your shelf that you've never gotten to. Yeah. All right, Graydon. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you today, and thank you so much for joining me. All right. Have a good one. Bye.